Welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that will help you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime. Together, for you. Welcome to episode 48 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. I am a family physician, an obesity medicine physician, and a weight loss coach for physicians. That means I work with other physicians who are struggling with their weight, like maybe you are, and I can help you go from feeling out of control with your eating and not really sure what to do to get lifelong management of your weight to feeling that you have the solutions that make weight loss work in your busy life. If that sounds interesting to you and something that you might benefit from, head over to my website. It's weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. Click on the work with me tab and you can book a free introductory session where we can chat over video conference and find out exactly how I can best help you. Uh, I am filling up these days. So if you go over to book an introductory session and there are no sessions showing up on that calendar, make sure you just click and send me an email and I'll add you to my wait list and notify you as soon as I have a spot available. I can't wait to talk to you. All right, if you listened to last week's episode, my voice was quite affected and I think it's still there a little bit, but my cold is getting quite a bit better. Uh, It is cold here. So I live in northern BC uh, and it is the beginning of November when I'm recording this uh, and it is below zero this morning and it just feels so cold. We don't have snow yet, but I think we're going to get it pretty soon. Um, So if you're in a warmer climate listening to this, just think of us up here in Canada freezing ourselves. Uh, anyways, when this episode comes out, it's going to be on November 11th, which is Remembrance Day here in Canada and Veterans Day in the U.S. So I think it's worthwhile just taking a moment for us to all pause and just remember sacrifices that have been made so that we can live in these amazing countries that we do with the freedoms that we have. All right, so today I'm going to show you how to stay on your weight loss course regardless of other people's opinions. This is an important topic that if you're not aware of it and you don't practice it, it really can throw you off course. So make sure you stay and listen. First, let's check in with a disclaimer. And now a quick break to review a disclaimer. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. And now back to the episode. All right, let's get to this week's episode. So last week, essentially what we were talking about, we're talking about the stories that we tell ourselves in like our internal narrator and how there's often a bit of a story about our weight loss and everything in the background that if left alone tends to be on the negative side. And so essentially that episode was talking about your own opinions and how to become aware of them and manage them so they don't trip you up. Today, we're going to talk about other people's opinions. And this is something that comes up a lot for me um, in my weight management groups that I run and with the people I coach is how do you manage it when other people are talking about your food choices and other things or commenting about your weight? 
And how do you not let that spiral into a bit of sabotaging type behavior or having you get thrown off your plan? And, you know, we live in a world filled with other people. We don't have control over other people's actions, uh, as try as we might. (laughs) We try really hard to control the people around us sometimes, but we don't ultimately have control over what they say or do. And so I think as much as possible, working on building this skill set that I'm going to talk about uh, so that you can be exposed to other people's opinions, but it doesn't actually have to affect your actions is really important. And so picture that, picture if you're somebody who has people commenting on you or your eating or anything that's kind of opinion related to your weight, and it tends to throw you off and throw you into a bit of a tizzy, picture being able to walk through those um, situations and conversations hear their opinion, but not actually have it affect you. And just picture being able to walk through those conversations with a sense of calm, a sense of commitment to your goals and to what you're doing for yourself. That's really what we're working on. So you can hear other people's opinions, you can note them, you can even consider them, because sometimes people's opinions are valid. But It doesn't have to shake that core of you and what you're doing with your weight loss. So what we're wanting to build with all this stuff that we're working on is really this core sense of confidence that you have in your ability to figure out your own weight loss and to manage it for the long term. And so when you have that really unshakable core, people can give you opinions, but it doesn't actually touch that unless you decide you want it to. So first, let's talk about what is other people's opinions? How do those show up? Because sometimes maybe they're sneaky, right? You might not always recognize that it's somebody else's opinion. Um, I think the obvious one is people make direct comments on your food. And I don't experience that this much or too much in my own day-to-day life. I, I don't know if it's people just know what I'm doing or maybe I'm scary if people comment on what I eat. <laughs> Uh, I have in the past, but currently nobody really comments on what I eat. Um, though, if you want to hear a funny story, uh, I went out for lunch with a few friends. I got there first. They're all working. It was like kind of a short lunch. And uh, so they texted and said, just order ahead. So I figured I'd order some appies. And they had asked for specific things. And I, I, I have an issue with always worrying there's not going to be enough. So I ordered a bunch of stuff. And then the waiter makes a comment, super nice waiter, but he makes a comment about like, well, that's a lot of food. <laughs> and uh, it was like, it, it was true. I did order a lot of food. But, you know, in the past, if I wasn't so secure in myself and what I do for my weight, honestly, a comment like that could have thrown me off. What it turned out is it just made the lunch really funny because when these plates and plates of appetizers seemed to keep coming, <laughs> like a bottomless well, uh, we had some good laughs and good jokes about it. But something simple like that, right? Like it's not even somebody related to me. That comment at one point in my life would have totally kind of set me off and had me doubting myself and all sorts of things. Um people, it always amazes me talking to people about their experiences with people directly commenting about what they want to eat, particularly with the lower carb stuff. Uh, There's so much 
controversy about what to eat in this world and people have such strong opinions. And as you know, I talk about eating a lower carb approach, but honestly, the most important thing is eating what works for your particular body. But if you do choose a specific way of eating like a lower carb approach, you may be exposed to other people's opinions about what that is and whether that's safe or not safe. Probably same thing if you choose to eat a vegan approach or a vegetarian approach or uh, a low fat approach. I'm sure you can always encounter somebody that has an opinion about it. Okay, the other place that people's opinions can show up is comments around your body. So, and this is interesting. I find this really fascinating because it it happens either side. So either, you know, if people are commenting about your weight, that maybe you're a bit heavy, or uh, the one I've experienced a lot in my life that used to kill me, particularly because it's happened when I've already lost a lot of weight, uh, was asking if I was pregnant, or asking when my due date was, or <laughs> things like that. Um, so that side can really trigger a reaction in you. But the other side of as you lose weight and having people comment on your body, that can also be very uncomfortable for some people. And I think particularly if you are somebody who has experienced a history of trauma in your life, sometimes having people comment on your body in a positive way feels very unsafe. And if that's you recognizing it and being aware of it, and then probably I would suggest if there is a history of trauma considering seeking out some counseling around it will help you navigate this because other people's comments on our body can be quite triggering. And I have a lot of people that I've worked with that have lost a lot of weight and they talk about this where, uh, you know, people comment positively about their body, but it's kind of a double-edged sword. Like when they were heavier, nobody was commenting like, hey, you look so fantastic. Look how good you are. Um, and I've experienced this too. Like I've lost my 55 pounds um, more than a year ago and still, you know, probably often a couple times in an office day, people comment about how I look and how, I, how I'm looking so much better. Um, and again, if you're not careful, that can trigger, and for some people that can trigger some uh, behaviors so that's the second way their comments show up. The third way that people's other people's opinions can show up is sabotaging type comments. So that would be people that you're with that are like, oh, you know what, like you've been so good, you've been so strict, you deserve this, or uh, maybe you're not fun anymore, let's go have fun with this, being a food usually, or maybe alcohol. Um and kind of comments that are aimed more at getting you to do something with them that's not necessarily on your plan. And for some people, this is a tr difficult situation. For some people, this type of opinion is something they deal with every day. If, Like if you're working on your weight loss and a partner or somebody else in the house is not and is offering all sorts of food or the other place this comes up would be... Uh, that people talk about is going to their parents' house or going to their mom's house and being offered all sorts of food uh, that's not on plan. Uh, so there's so many different ways that this can show up. But again, being aware of it and then using some of these tools that I'm going to talk about will help you navigate it. All right. So 
other people will have opinions. There's probably nothing you can do that's going to get rid of other people's opinions in your life completely. There are things you can do that might manage it. But to be successful long-term with a weight loss, you need to learn how to um, manage and deal these with these opinions for yourself. So not necessarily always trying to just change what other people are doing, but work on how the opinions affect you and how you process them. Uh, so how do you go about doing that? I have four tips. Number one, first step is recognize that the other person's opinion is their own thoughts. So the other person's opinion that they're expressing to you may have very little to do with you and it's to do with what's going on in their own head and their own thought models. So it's been a while since I've run through the thought model and I thought it'd probably be worthwhile kind of refreshing you, especially if you're just joining me and you haven't uh, listened to some of the earlier episodes. But the thought model is uh, created by Brooke Castillo and it's a structure of looking at how our emotions and actions and everything are generated and linked. So the thought model to remind you, the first thing is circumstance. Circumstances are the facts in our life. Those are the bare bones facts that are uh, neutral and are arguable in a court of law. So everybody would agree on the fact for it to go in the sea line. Circumstances trigger our thoughts. So we then have thoughts about the circumstances that make them not neutral. So the thought creates the positive or the negative connotation to the situation that you're in. Our thoughts generate our feelings. So all feelings come from thoughts. Our feelings are then what creates our actions. So the way we act is based on how we're feeling and our actions are what generate our results. So circumstances, thoughts, feelings, actions, results. So in the setting of somebody else expressing uh, opinion to you, they are in their own thought model. It, they have their own circumstance, their own thought, their own feelings, and the action is that they're expressing an opinion to you. But it's based on their thought that you can't really uh, access. Like you, we, Unless you ask somebody directly and they're completely honest with you and have some awareness, there's no way of telling what another person's thought model is. So recognizing that when they express opinions to you, it's their own stuff that they're dealing with that has led them to express that to you. Number two is recognize that your reaction to somebody else's opinion is your own thoughts. So again, if we go back to that thought model, somebody's expressed an opinion to you, the circumstance, the barebone facts on that circumstance would be so-and-so said this. Blip. Then you have a thought about what they said that makes it positive, negative, uh, good or bad. Uh, and that thought then creates a feeling. So this is really key and something to really work on understanding and recognizing is that somebody else's actions don't cause our feelings. What causes our feelings is our thoughts about their actions. And I know this goes against everything we're told when we're growing up about so-and-so hurt my feelings or you hurt so-and-so's feelings. But 
we don't actually have the power to do that without our own thoughts causing a feeling or the other person's thoughts causing a feeling. And I remember the first time I heard this concept, it was on one of Brooke Castillo's podcasts, and it kind of blew my mind because I'd never considered that. But when you start to consider it and you start to own that, that you're actually in control of your feelings, somebody can say anything, but then you can control what your thoughts are that then generate different feelings. It gives you so much power. It takes you out of a victim role. So the classic thing when other people express opinions like, somebody says you're looking heavy or, hey, when somebody asked me if I was pregnant uh, on a day where I'd, like I said, I'd already lost quite a bit of my weight, was wearing a new shirt, felt really good. And then I get, hey, when are you due in the middle of my office? Uh, That it's them saying, when are you due is neutral. Uh, Because and the way you know, it's neutral is somebody can ask, when are you due? in a bunch of different situations and it would have different effects, right? Like if I was pregnant with my twins and somebody asked me when I was due, uh, it would have a totally different uh, result. And what makes it different is not whether or not I'm pregnant. It's what I think about being asked when I'm due when I'm not pregnant, which at that time, what my thought was, was uh, I'm still fat, or this belly is horrible, or something like that, that made me feel actually pretty crappy. Uh, so, but the important thing to recognize is it wasn't the person asking if I was due that made me feel crappy. It was what thoughts that circumstance triggered in me that made me feel crappy and kept me feeling kind of crappy for the rest of the day. A uh, side note on that is I make it, I do a lot of obstetrics. I make it a policy to never ask anybody if they're due or when they're due until I am absolutely have a confirmation that they truly are pregnant. I think it's a reasonable approach to life. Okay, back to the idea that our reactions are based on our thoughts. And there can be like, this can be quite reactionary, depending on your previous experiences and what's gone on is somebody's statement may trigger a thought and trigger a feeling so quickly that it just, you react. And so sometimes this work that I'm talking about is going to be hard to do right in the moment, especially when you're new at it. But it's something that's worthwhile doing after the fact. So after you have a big reaction to something somebody said in their opinion, then you, when things calm down, you can look at it and go, okay, what did I think about that? What generated such a big reaction for me? And start to kind of piece it out and build awareness of what's actually going on. So step number three is then you get to decide what you want to make their comment mean. And again, this might be a new concept for some of you who haven't done a lot of thought work but you get to decide what their comment means. They don't get to decide because they've made it, like I said, in their own thought model, they've made that comment. There's a meaning to them that they may or may not be aware of, but you are in your own thought model, which means you get to decide what you want to make it mean. And again, this is stepping out of that victim role. It's stepping out of having people do stuff to you and you having no choice but reacting to 
taking ownership and taking control back where you get to decide what you want to make it mean and how that's going to make you feel. Now that sounds really simple. And again, if you, if thought work is new to you, this is going to take practice. And But asking you that, yourself that question, what do I want this to mean? So again, if we go back to my example of being asked if I was, when I was due on a day where I thought I looked fantastic, and interestingly, you can hear my thoughts, right? Like I, I started the day, I thought I looked fantastic, but I can tell you that particular day I did not finish thinking I looked fantastic. So if I, it was before I was doing this work, but if I had asked myself, what do I want this to make this mean? Would I have chosen to make it mean that I am still fat and my belly's too big and everybody's staring at it, which is essentially what I made it mean? Because that result that that gave me was, you know, I went from thinking I felt I looked great to deciding there's no way I, I did. And I was kind of foolish to think that for the rest of the day and feeling bad about myself. So intentionally, I would not choose to make that comment mean that because it ruined the rest of the day or put a damper on it at least. I would maybe choose to uh, make that comment mean that that person has a bit of an issue with their internal filter. (laughs) That's, again, it's not a super positive thought, but it's a little bit more neutral and doesn't generate the same uh, negative feelings in me. Uh, Maybe I could choose to make it mean that that person uh, cared about me and was just excited that they might have found out about a pregnancy. Um, I would, I, I think what I did work on making it mean is I have a body of somebody who carried twins and that means I've got a bit of a belly and I, I still do even after losing my, my weight, the place I hold weight is in my belly and that's just the body I have. Uh, there's so many different things that you can make somebody else's comment mean, but the biggest part of this is recognizing that you're the one that gets to decide. So it, you know, the reactionary and the kind of victim, like my only choice is for it to mean this, uh, doesn't serve you usually. And initially, when you're doing this work, your brain may resist, it may be, but that's what it means. Like, they said I'm fat, and that means I'm fat, to just give a really concrete uh, example. And your brain may have difficulties feeling that that thought is optional. Uh, But I can just tell you, the more you practice it, and the more you work on it, uh, the better and more easy it gets. And remember, when you're working on deciding what it means, like in my example, I just gave, you don't have to choose a thought that's super happy, you just have to choose a thought that maybe doesn't make you feel quite so bad. Maybe makes you feel a little bit more neutral. Uh, and you can start working just away from quite so much negative feeling from your thought to one that's more neutral. And then over time, you can work towards ones that are actually positive. Um, and that just takes practice and takes essentially building this muscle of managing your own thoughts. So all of this part, steps one, two, and three. So recognizing that what they've said is just their own thoughts in their own thought model. 
and has very little to do with you. Number two, recognizing that your reaction to it is based on your own thoughts about it. And step three, decide what you want to make their comment mean. So decide what you want to think intentionally about that comment. Then, so all that was in your own head and you're doing all on your own. And I think that's really the most important part of this. But step number four is you can then decide whether or not you want to talk to this person. And this would be more, you know, in um, a setting where it's somebody that you live with that you see a lot, that's close to you, that you're being exposed to comments that you're having to deal with on a fairly regular basis. Uh, It might be worthwhile talking to them. And the first thing before you talk to somebody is really doing the first three steps and doing all that work so you get to a less reactionary place. It's probably not the right time to have a constructive conversation with somebody about this when you're feeling really riled up about a comment. I think you need to take the space, take the time, do your work, look at your thoughts, decide which thoughts you want to think about it and how you want or what you want to make it mean. Um, Calm yourself down so then you can have a conversation a little bit more logically um, with the person. And I think one thing that's really important to recognize, like I mentioned this at the beginning of this episode, is We can't actually control other people's behavior. So even if you choose to have a conversation with somebody, even if it's somebody you love who's super close to you, like a parent, a spouse, a close friend, you may choose to have the conversation. You may do a really good job at having the conversation and they may still choose to make comments and you don't have control over that. Uh, So if you do have this conversation, recognize that what you have control over is having the conversation and setting some boundaries. You don't have control over what they do with the conversation. Uh, And I think that's really helpful because, again, that's a place where you, you can get kind of a little triggered or it can throw you off as you build yourself up to have this conversation, which is somewhat difficult, have it, and then the person's behavior doesn't change and that can kind of create its own set of thoughts and drama about it. So recognize you can have the conversation, but you can't necessarily expect their behavior to change because that's in their control. As much as possible, keep the conversation somewhat neutral. Uh, So, you know, trying not to blame, uh, trying to talk about it from your standpoint. So when I hear comments like blank, it makes me think this or I feel like this. Uh, and let them know how it's impacting what you're working on. Like it, it, these comments are making it a little bit harder for me to stick to my plan, or um, it's really important for me to stick to my plan because of this and this. Really communicating what you're trying to do, because again, they might not know, right? Unless you've openly, fully communicated what you're trying to do and why you're doing it. And then I think the other piece is, giving this person an idea of what would be more helpful. So instead of saying, don't do that, stop doing that. Recognizing that for a lot of people, the reason why they're making comments is they're trying to be helpful. So their comments are a way that they're trying to care for you or show that they care about you, even if it's not helpful to you. And sometimes, especially with weight, it's really hard to navigate what might be helpful. Like for people who've never dealt with weight, they don't necessarily know what you're dealing with in your head and what certain comments do. 
And so recognizing that their comments are probably most likely coming from some place of positivity. And again, you know, if you're saying no, there's no way that their thoughts are, again, you get to decide what you think about that. So if you think their thoughts are coming from a place of trying to show they care about me, that's going to give you a totally different feeling versus if you choose to think their thoughts are coming because they don't support me, they don't like me or anything like that. And that aspect is a choice. So going back to what we said, you get to choose what you make the comments mean. It may feel very factual if you've practiced thinking for a long time that they're not supporting you and that's why they make comments, but you can choose to change that and work on changing that. So giving people the benefit of the doubt that what they want to do is actually help and they may not know the most helpful way to do that, giving them some concrete ideas of what is helpful. And, you know, maybe it's not commenting on your food choices or what you order at a restaurant, but maybe it's offering to make a healthy dinner when you're tired, or maybe it's uh, making sure the groceries get bought on a busy week. Uh, Maybe it's um, commenting on something other than your appearance that you're doing well. Um, there's so many different things that you could ask for them, but giving them an idea of what would be helpful for you, because again, what's helpful for you might be different from what's helpful for somebody else, uh, really helps the other person try to be your best support. Now, if they continue to do the behavior that you're asking them to stop, then you, again, you just have to do these first three steps, recognize that that's based in their own thoughts recognize your reactions are based on your own thoughts and then decide what you want to make it mean. And like I said, you get to decide that there's no right answer. You can decide, again, that they were currently are doing this behavior because it's the only way they know how to show that they care for you, or something else that generates a little bit more of a neutral or maybe slightly positive emotion for you. All right, so I'd be so interested to hear what you guys think of this and what experiences you've had with other people's opinions in your weight loss. So head over to send me an email, info at Weight Solutions for Physicians if you want, or head over to the Weight Solutions for Physicians Facebook page and comment there on the uh, post about this episode. Uh, I'd be quite interested in if you use these techniques and find that they're helpful. Again, I'd be interested to hear how that goes. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen. Uh, If you have a chance, I also would really appreciate if you could leave a review and remember to hit the subscribe button and share this with anybody that you think might benefit from it. I totally appreciate the shares. All right, have a fantastic week. We'll talk to you later. Mm